Now, despite most of the country moving into level three tomorrow, well, midnight tonight, 11.59 tonight, there's a worry that many businesses will be disrupted by the supply chain in Auckland and indeed globally. Julian Lees is the Chief Executive of the New Zealand Building Industry Federation. He joins me now. A very good morning to you. Good morning, Kerry. How are you? Well, you know, <laughs> enduring, not with the best of grace, but at least I'm not a small business owner trying to do business in this country. No, it's, it's tough, and, and it's even tougher, I might say, in, in the um, building industry. And, uh, you know, look, I think you raise a very good point, because as we move into level three for the rest of the country, um, the question is, um, will those regions outside of Auckland run out of building materials? That's exactly it. They, one of the callers I had earlier was saying that the timber mills are not deemed essential in, industries. No, correct. It's a very sort of, uh, well, it's only in rare circumstances under level four that any sort of uh, activity managing construction work can carry on. Um, but even as we move now into level three for the rest of the country, Auckland, where most products are delivered into the country in terms of building materials yeah. and then distributed, we, you know, all those warehouses, all those sites will will be closed, um, and that and that really is going to have a significant impact um, uh, in terms of you know those products will not get to other parts of the country. There have been there there are two separate things, aren't they? Because the global supply chain has been disrupted since the first COVID lockdowns, and as early as the last year, I was hearing people saying that that is going to do more damage than anything um, to the building sector, to the construction of new homes, to and, and the ramifications were far and wide because it's everything that goes into a, a home, not just the, the exterior of the house. Um, where are we at now globally? Well, we're not good globally because um, the situation is that the big shipping lines uh, really don't see New Zealand as a priority. So what they're doing is they're prioritising their value markets, principally the US and Asia, mm -hmm. and New Zealand is very, very low down on that list. So that means is, um, in terms of getting building materials to this country, um, often they are being uh, sent to places like Australia, and then we have to come up with a way of getting them across the Tasman, which is no easy task when there's very limited vessels mm. and um and we're seeing people having to you know uh basically try and reallocate 20 percent of their materials onto other um onto other vessels it's it's having up cost the delays is, is a big big issue as well and look and all this comes today when stats and you put out the number of new homes consented um yeah. has risen by 20 percent so we've now got 45,000 home, some new homes consented. We've only ever built pre-COVID, uh, I think 38,000 homes. That was the maximum capacity which we could build. So in other words, with everything that's going on, there's just no way that those 7,000 extra homes are going to get built. What's the, what is the delay now for um, getting supplies? Well, look, it varies depending on on what products you're talking about. But you know, there's a there's a James Hardy um, cladding product which is very popular in residential home builds. Um, that's got a, um, a lead in time of 40 weeks. Um, 
most products are, you know, um, yeah, most products are several weeks at best. Builders are really having to now plan way in advance, um, you know, months in advance to ensure that they get orders in. Um, but it's not good. And unfortunately, this level four continuing on in Auckland, as I say, is going to have a sort of domino effect because we um, can't operate and get materials out of warehouses into the rest of the supply chain around New Zealand, even if we wanted to. And it's not just... Um, so two weeks, if you can imagine, isn't just linear. So two weeks probably is going to translate into months uh, of, uh, you know, then having to make up for the backlog. So it's uh, it's just come at a very, very unfortunate time. I was reading about um, hair care entrepreneur who's started up with um, partner of the one of the Mowbray uh, siblings, and they are trying to export hair care to the US when they launched the company, they could get a shipping container for $3,000. Now it's anywhere between 15000 and more than 20000 to ship the same amount. And even then, there's Correct. no guarantee that it will get there. So, you know, the imports are being affected, and that in turn is affecting our export market. And they actually looked at buying a ship so that they, you know, so that they weren't locked out by the three major shipping alliances but they said the red tape and the um, hoops you had to leap through to get a ship made it almost impossible. So we are being held to ransom, aren't we? Absolutely. Look, indeed. Um, and look, on that note, I know one of the um, shipping lines out of Germany told one of um, our major timber importers, because yeah. we do import timber materials, they had, um, they had an order of 30 containers already paid for, all lined up to go. Yeah. The German shipping company turned around and said, well, actually, look, um, if you want to get those containers now, it's going to cost you another, this is US dollars, 4300 per container uh, if you want those, uh, if you still want those. <laughs> so they were literally holding them over that barrel and it cost a hundred grand uh, to get the same materials through. And, uh, you know, where does all that cost go? It's got to be passed on to somebody, which unfortunately is the um, end user usually. Yeah. So is there merit then in, in doing it ourselves, bringing back the, the manufacturing here, even though it's incredibly costly to produce here because of our labour costs, because of our compliance costs, because of the small markets? Is it still going to be better yeah. to have a belt and braces approach that we've got standbys if needs be? Oh, look, absolutely. And that has really started to some extent. But because we are so dependent on overseas materials, you know, that's everything from door handles to ladders mm. um, to paints to some, you know, glues. It's very hard. It takes, a, it takes some time to get, you know, uh, sort of manufacturing facility set up to, to yeah. produce those. So I think, I think we have to just find a way around or muddle our way through. I mean, we are looking at um, break bulk uh, supplies, so rather than going through container um Shipping uh, to get our products here, it might be you know break bulk shipping is another way. Mm -hmm. You know that's where uh, cargoes are not packed in containers; they are usually put in holds. It's a different way of shipping. Um, so maybe ways of doing that. In terms of manufacturing, look, when it comes to things like structural wood, we 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 have a sort of duopoly like the supermarket industry. We have two suppliers, Cottle Harvey and Red Stag, that produce 90% of our actual timber used in building. Right. Um, 
so we, we have to find another way of getting, you know, potentially a, another sawmill. Um, uh, it's two to $300 million to set up a sawmill. It takes about three years. There has to be a way, though, of doing that so we can actually then increase the capacity and the competition within that structural uh, yeah, timber market. Absolutely. Um, I was going to say it makes the Ports of Auckland problems seem almost delightfully old-fashioned, but I received an email from Brian saying um, because of the automation of the cranes, the ongoing fiasco with that, shipping companies couldn't carry on servicing the port without huge delays that cost them hundreds of thousands, and that's another reason they give the port a miss. Yeah, that's, um, again, it's just another... um, uh, issue that has not made the whole situation any better. And no. yeah, look, it, it, it certainly it's ongoing, and it, it means that there's extra, you know, um, pressure put on the other ports around the country. Um, it, it takes longer then to get yeah. those materials that should have otherwise come into Auckland that are being diverted. Um, yeah, it, it's it. it uh, I guess everything pounds, and that's what we're seeing. COVID really. Um, because there were issues pre-COVID, and, and I think we shouldn't forget that the building industry was pretty much at capacity before COVID. All COVID's done really has been to um, expose and show the sort of vulnerabilities in our building supply chain. Does it mean that we can take lessons from that and adapt business accordingly? Yes, it does. It does. And the good news is um, we are starting to do that. So builders, for example, are getting much better at planning. And yeah. the building industry, it's fair to say, has been not good at planning previously. Um, from a manufacturing point of view, we are getting much better at working out you know, how to be super efficient at producing some materials. Um, so I think we will see upside to this. It's just going to be a bit of a painful 18-month journey to, to get to the other side. Well, I look forward to talking to you then when we have made it through to the other side. Which we certainly will. Thanks, Kerry. Nice to talk. Julian Lee's Chief Executive of the New Zealand Building Industry Federation.